Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Now, I know not everybody has the background that I do in a lot of different ways, but I also know that many of you have some type of a church background, religious background, maybe a a youth group when you were a kid or something. See if you remember this old song. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you know that song? King David wrote that song. It actually was a song when he wrote it, not that melody, but he wrote that 3,000 years ago, and we have it in the Hebrew scripture as the 105th verse of Psalm 119. Now, that psalm, Psalm 119, actually has 176 verses in it. So if you're interested in maybe starting to do some scripture memory, I'd recommend you don't start with Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. All right. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We don't use the old King James word, thy, anymore. So I want to give you a more modern translation, the Passion Translation of this great verse. And we're going to see how it really has meaning for us and helps us today in our everyday decision making, in our life, in our circumstances and situations. All right. Here's the Passion Translation. Truth, capital T, truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word, both capitalized, capital Y, your, capital word, W, your word makes my pathway clear. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. The message translation says it this way, by your words, plural, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. The New King James says, your word, and the Hebrew there is dabar, D-A-B-A-R, which means speech or speaking. It's not a written word. It's something that we hear, not written down, that we hear someone saying, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Now, when King David wrote that, 3,000 years ago, he knew what it was like to live in moral, spiritual, relational, military, political, and economic darkness. During his lifetime, he was on a roller coaster ride of a mystical high mountaintops and peaks, great peaks with God, and then dark valleys of the shadow of death as he wrote about in the 23rd Psalm. As a youth, David experienced God giving him supernatural divine power to kill lions and bears, giving him the ability to slay the nine-foot-tall giant, Goliath. 
Then in the military, he experienced supernatural military victories, being chosen by God to be the king of the world's superpower, beautiful wives, untold wealth, great talents and abilities. He was a great musician and songwriter and poet. He had all kinds of success and adoration from people. And he sometimes experienced military and political defeat, abandonment, ridicule, and rebellion from his wife, his closest friends, his army leaders and commanders, political leaders. And by his own actions, he experienced moral and leadership failures of the worst kind. He experienced a lot of darkness. Now, in the midst of those tremendous highs and tremendous lows, he wrote at least 77 chapters in the book of Psalms, probably many more. And he led his country into great prosperity as the world's superpower, and he left it that way when he died. And he was called a man after God's own heart, both by Samuel, who was God's chosen and anointed prophet, and by the apostle Paul a thousand years later. Now, David lived during Old Covenant times, Old Testament. While the Old Testament, the Jewish Hebrew scriptures, while it wasn't written to us, we can certainly learn from it. We can learn from things that King David and other people wrote. Primarily, we can learn from the Proverbs and Psalms, good things on how to live today. And from much of the rest of the Jewish scripture, we can learn how not to live, uh, what to do wrong, and the consequences of that. David knew not nearly on as much developed level as the Apostle Paul wrote later on, but David and Paul knew some of the same things. Look at what Paul wrote in Philippians 4, thousand years after David. Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. He said, I'm not defined by abuse or abundance. It might be a different day and a different place, but the secret remains the same. Whether I'm facing a feast or a fast, a fountain, or a famine. In every situation, I am strong in Christ, the one who empowers me from within to be who I am. And a the translator there, Francois Dutoit, puts in parentheses, Paul lived his life in touch with this place within himself. He discovered the same I amness that Jesus walked in. It was also mirrored in Paul. The Apostle Paul had the Holy Spirit of Christ in him, just like you and I do and everyone else. He had the teacher in him, teaching him and revealing truth to him 24-7. That's much different than King David. A thousand years before that, a thousand years before Jesus finished work at the cross, King David would experience the Holy Spirit visiting him periodically, but not in him. All right. He wrote... Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're going to look at that today and unpack it and see how it can really help us today and every day. When I say that phrase, that old song that many of you know, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me ask you, what would you say is the most important thing of all in regard to that statement? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What's the most important thing of all of that? Well, it, it's arguable, and you can make a case for a lot of different things. But I think when you shuck right down to the cob, it's listening. It's hearing. It's hearing words. See, hearing words from somebody, even from God, just hearing them, 
you know, it doesn't help us unless we can hear it. If somebody's talking somewhere, if you can't hear it, it doesn't help you. I mean, that's a duh statement. And it still won't help us until we take the action that God asks us to take when he speaks to us. We call that oneness in action, being one with God, letting Jesus live as us. So before we really dig into this verse, Psalm 119, 105, I want to look at what James, Jesus' half-brother, wrote in the book of James, James 1, 21 to 25. He says, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, capital W, referring to God speaking to us, Christ in us speaking to us, not referring to written words about God. With a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the capital word of capital L life, for the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Again, he's not talking about scripture there. When James wrote that, all I had were the Hebrew scriptures anyway. But he's not talking about that at all. He's talking about God's word, the word of life, Jesus, the living word of God who speaks to us, who has been implanted in us, who is embedded in us, Christ in us, the one that we are one with. He's he's talking about us hearing his word. Now, sometimes we hear that rarely, but sometimes is an audible voice, usually as thoughts in our mind that sound like our own voice, sometimes an impression. Uh, sometimes, of course, God speaks to us in lots of different ways through music and art and literature and nature, all kinds of things. Our spirit is sensitive to the spirit of God in us speaking to us. We literally participate in the divine nature, as Peter wrote in Second Peter 1. We experience Holy Spirit power God's words and the power and the words and the action literally deliver us from darkness. James 1.22, he says, now don't just listen to Jesus. Don't just listen to the word of truth, capital T, and not respond. He says, that's the essence of self-deception. So always let his word, what he says to us, become like poetry written and fulfilled by our life. He says, respond. We listen we hear Jesus speak. Now, if we just blow it off and we go, I know that's what you're saying, God, but uh, no, not for me. When we, he says, we're deceiving ourselves. We're saying, I know better than God. I don't need to listen to him. I'm going to do it my way. Some people did that back in the beginning, didn't they? That's the essence of self-deception. But when you do respond, positively, and you do what Christ asks you to do in any given moment, then your life becomes like a beautiful divine piece of poetry that the watching world sees and hears, and we participate with God. Verse 23, if you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word, capital W, to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. That's what Adam and Eve did. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty and love are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and they're strengthened by it. They experience God's blessings in all they do. <clears throat> Again, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They walked with God. They heard from God every day, but they turned away from God. They forgot 
who they were and who God is. And everybody after that, until Jesus came, had literally forgotten their divine origin, forgotten that we were made in the likeness and image of God. But now, because of Jesus' finished work at the cross— including the Holy Spirit of Christ taking up residence in us. Now, when we fix our gaze on Jesus, on Christ in us, the only true God, the the living voice of God, and we respond to the truth we hear, the truth about God in us, we're strengthened, and we get to experience subjectively all of God's blessings that are already objectively true for us. All right, hearing from God and responding is paramount to experiencing God's blessings. Now, I used to think it was an if-then thing. If we do what God says, then God will bless us. It's not that way at all. It's because, therefore, because of what God has done, therefore, we become aware of and experience his blessings all around us. Psalm 119, 105. Let the Holy Spirit in you reveal this to you as we look at a little more in depth the Passion Translation. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Truth. Jesus is truth. Jesus' shining light. Jesus, the exact representation of God, the one who came to reveal and show us who God really is. That's the shining light that we have. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth. Jesus' truth. Jesus' shining light. Now, when Jesus was here on earth, the religious leaders, who many of them had the whole Jewish scripture, what we call the Old Testament memorized, Jesus said to them, you guys are spending all this time looking all through the Old Testament to find eternal life. Jesus said, ain't going to happen. You're not going to find eternal life there. You've been looking for a couple of thousand years, and it's not there. He said, I am life, and I'm right here. The first Christ followers were called people of the way, people of Jesus' way, not people of the book, people of the way. Jesus is the way to know God because Jesus is God. Jesus is truth. Jesus is life. Jesus himself said in John 17, 3, telling his disciples the night before he died, he said, look, guys, let me net it out for you. Here's what the life of the ages is. Here's what eternal life is, that you know God the Father and Jesus. That's what eternal life is. It's not someplace you go to after the life on this earth. No, it's someone whom you know right now. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Truth's shining light. It's shining brightly. It's not hiding. It's not obscure at all. In 1 John 1, verse 5, in the mirror translation, it's translated this way. My conversation with you flows from the same source which illuminates this fellowship of union with the Father and the Son. This, then, is the essence of the message. This is Christ's message. This is the essence of it. God is radiant light, and in him there exists not even a trace of obscurity or darkness at all. And when I first read that, I thought, obscurity, what, what does that really mean? 
Well, I looked it up. It means not clear, not plain, ambiguous, vague, uncertain, not clear to the understanding, hard to perceive, not expressing the meaning clearly or plainly. And John clearly said, this is Jesus' message. This is what God's all about. There's no obscurity at all. There's no darkness at all in God. Now, to hear from someone clearly, you got to know them. you got to know there's no darkness in them. There's no obscurity in them. Then you spend time with them. You get to know what they're really like. Today, many of us on this journey can see things that we can see things clearly that we couldn't see before. I would guess many of you listening are coming to that place if you're not already there. Now we read scripture and we go, wow, how could I have missed that? I read that scores or hundreds or thousands of times. How could I have missed that? Now I see. Or some of us who were into scripture memory go, wow, I, I, I memorized that verse. But I never knew what it meant. I never saw that. Some of us taught on these verses. But now we're seeing clearly. And that's because we know and hear Jesus' truth shining, bringing things into the light. All of that helps us in our daily lives, in our choices and decisions. Paul wrote this to the church in Colossae, Colossians 1.13. He says, God has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into his kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus. Now, darkness is any thought that God is not pure light. It's falling short of knowing that God is pure light. All right. Jesus' truth, light, is in us, and we're in him, in his kingdom realm. We're one with him. We're friends with God. We're family. We're relationships. So, hey, we're tight. We're homies. We can come to him and we can say, what's going on here? Help me understand this. He'll give us truth and wisdom in everything that comes up. James wrote in James 1, 5, if anybody longs to be wise or needs wisdom, ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. Ask him personally and then listen. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm our failures with his generous grace. And he goes on to write in verse 17, without exception, God's gifts are only good. Their perfection cannot be improved on. They come from above where we originate from, proceeding like light rays from the source, the father of lights, with whom there is no distortion or even a shadow of shifting to obstruct or intercept the light. There's no hint of a hidden agenda. So when we ask God for wisdom to explain something, to show us something, Christ in us will give us wisdom. And he's never bummed for us for asking, even if we've asked the same thing before. And he does it all with generous, overflowing, abundant grace. And what he tells us is always good. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Jesus, truth in us, shines his light of truth on whatever choice and decisions we're making. He guides us, he leads us, and he informs us. It's Christ and us, the two of us together, actually the four of us, us, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Our choices. Now, in this life, we have free will to make our decisions, our choices and stuff. 
However, no matter what we do, the Trinity is continually working all things out for the good, orchestrating and moving things around to influence our choices. Yes, when we make bad choices, we can hurt ourselves, we can hurt others, we can miss out on wonderful things that we could have, but God is so much bigger than that. He doesn't hold that against us. What he does is he continually works all those things out for the ultimate good of restoring us to who we initially were, the restoration of all things. Truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Revelation of your word. It's a mystical thing, but it's something for all of us. Now, I've been asking this as a very legitimate question. Paul, you talk about hearing from God. How do you know you're hearing from God and not just hearing what you want to hear. How do you know you're not hearing from an evil source? Somebody else says they hear from God, but they hear something different than you do. How do you know you're hearing from God? Here's what I do know. I know that when I hear anything that is pure light, that is pure, perfect, unconditional love with no conditions that never fails, when I hear something that's overabundant, never-ending grace that covers all for all people, when I hear abounding, deep-seated joy and perfect peace and never-ending patience and perfect kindness and wonderful gentleness, when I hear the faith of Christ, when I hear compassion and mercy, that's all good. That's all from God. That's who God is. Now, when I hear criticism, condemnation, fault-finding, bringing up the past, shaming, separation threats, anger, judging. I know that's not God because he's not like that. There's no darkness at all in God. So that's how we can know when we're hearing from God and when we're hearing from somebody else. Truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. The revelation of Christ's word to us personally, it makes our pathway, where we walk, our daily life, what we're doing, it makes it clear, pure light walking. All right. Scripture always has elementary meaning, basic meaning that we hear, you know, in Sunday school, first, second, third grade stuff. Then it has deeper levels. God's revelation is progressive as we grow in grace and we get to know God better and better. He reveals more and more and more to us. And that never stops. We'll never be able to grasp everything about the wonderful things of God. But an elementary look at the scripture that we read here, thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, would be like 3,000 years ago when David wrote it. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have flashlights. They didn't have street lights. There weren't great lighted buildings and stuff like that. And they didn't have car lights and they didn't have cars. So it was dark at night. It was dark. So in order to see where you're going and where you're to keep from stumbling, you needed a lamp a torch, something, whatever they had in that particular day. So that's, you know, duh. I mean, anybody can get that meaning out of it. A much deeper meaning, though, is that you need enlightenment to make decisions in your life. And even much deeper is the picture of us being in spiritual darkness. That's what this verse is really all about. And needing light and revelation. Spiritual darkness 
is believing in Adam's dark, religious, small-g God, as all people did, from Adam and Eve to Jesus. Even those with a heart after God, like King David, didn't know that God is pure light with no trace of darkness. He's a great example of the type of person that the writer of Hebrews describes in the first chapter, first verse of Hebrews. He says, throughout ancient times, this included King David, God spoke in many fragments and glimpses of prophetic thought to our fathers, like King David. But now, the writer says, the sum total of this conversation with us has finally culminated in Jesus the radiant and flawless expression of the person of God. He makes the glorious intent of God visible and mirrors the character and every attribute of God in human form. So today, when we're going through stuff that happens, whether it's worldwide, nationwide, in our state, our city, our neighborhood, in our office, at work, in our household, we have decisions to make. We have choices of how to react, how to think, what to talk about, how to feel, what to do. Jesus knew all this. He didn't catch him by surprise. He said in John 16, 32 and 33, right before he was going to be crucified, he said, look, the time has come when you guys are all going to be scattered and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone, Ah, but not really alone. He said, I'm never alone, for the Father is always with me. And he said, everything I've taught you is so that the peace, which is in me, Jesus is our peace, will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrow, tribulation, trials, distress, frustration. But you've got to be courageous. Other translations say, take heart, take joy, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. Jesus says, for I have conquered the world. See, we tend to think, as every generation does, we tend to think that what's happening today in 2020 is the worst ever. Man, I've seen that in social media this week, people posting, is this the end of the world? Is this the great tribulation? Have things ever been this bad? (laughs) Well, I've been alive, it's hard for you to believe, but I've been alive since the 1940s. I was born right after World War II, the atom bomb. I grew up during the 50s, the Korean War, polio. We couldn't go swimming because, I mean, parents did everything they could to keep us from being around anybody because we might get polio. The Cold War. In the 60s, when I was in high school and college, there were riots and assassinations. There was Vietnam. In the 70s, there was more Vietnam and the oil embargo and blackouts and the AIDS illness, the Iran hostages. The 80s and 90s, there were a couple of Gulf Wars. In the 2000s, we had 911, worldwide terrorism, SARS disease, war in Afghanistan, the Great Depression of our era that happened in 2008. And then for the last decade or so, we've had great political divide, nuclear threats from rogue countries, continued war in Afghanistan, and now COVID-19 and riots and economic challenges and schools closed and disruptions for students and parents and grandparents and teachers. All of this does bring untold stress into our everyday lives at work, in our homes, in our personal lives. And what David said is still true. 
God's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Friends, we're in a way better place than King David was 3,000 years ago. We have Christ in us, the teacher in us. We have Holy Spirit power, wisdom, and grace. Now, here's what this means where the rubber hits the road today. Four things. Jesus taught us these by the way he lived and what he said. First, continually listen to God. Second, say and do what he asks us to say and do. Third, trust him for the results. And fourth, rest and relax. Continually listen to God. Have one ear open to God all the time. Say and do what he asks us to say and do. Trust him for the results and then just rest and relax. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. A friend of mine texted me this week and said he was at a meeting in a group and somebody quoted Father Michael's prayer. Now, I don't know Father Michael or anything about him, but here's the prayer. Lord, take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say and keep me out of your way. Well, that's good. I've got a little different version of that. Lord, take me where you want me to go. Show me what you want me to know. Tell me what you want me to do and say. Then say and do it as me as we enjoy this day. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for being with me for Grace to All. I look forward to seeing you again on next time. Grow in grace. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.